Welcome to The Square, your podcast from the Iowa League of Cities, bringing you current and important topics from around the state to your town square. With our hosts, Mickey Shields, the Director of Membership Services, and Katie Wheeler, the League's Business Relations Coordinator. Our hosts bring you topics that matter to your town square. Katie, you ready? I'm ready. Okay. We're back with another uh, episode of The Square. Katie, how are you? Mickey, good. How are you? pretty good it has took been a, little, a while it has been we took a little winter break there um you know, a lot a lot going on in our uh, state and in our country uh since the last time we put out an episode we uh want to start by saying we wish everybody well we continue as a society uh, certainly with our local governments uh, dealing with uh, the pandemic and all that what all that what that means and um we're certainly hopeful, though, that uh, 2021 is going to be a more normal year for everybody. I don't think it's going to be completely normal, but mm-hmm. we hope that it gets a little bit more like it used to be. I'm sure you yes. feel the same way. I do. And can I just tell you, I'm truly so excited for 2021. And I am so excited that we have in-person events on our calendar. Yeah, I, I think that's... I <laughs> wait to see our members again. Right. I think it's probably the yeah the, the thing we're looking forward to the most with any luck we'll be able to have a pretty normal workshop and training event schedule uh, as our listeners probably know we host all kinds of workshops throughout the year um, nuisance abatement conference in may the small city workshops in june our annual conference in september the budget workshops and municipal leadership academy in the fall um, we we have traditionally held those uh, in person all across the state, which is great for us. It gets us out among our membership, but also gets it gives us a chance to meet people and um, you know whether they're new city officials or uh, ones we've been meeting with for many years. It's just part of part of what we like to do is to, to be able to talk with them and hear about what's going on in their communities. And while uh, in 2020 we went to virtual, so we were still able to offer a lot of the education. We definitely missed out on just chatting with people and yes. hearing what's going on so again with any luck we'll, we'll be able to get that get that going again in 2021 and uh, that's certainly something we're looking forward to I know I am that's yeah fun. yeah kind of getting sick of looking at me myself and I here at my uh, house <laughs> <laughs> I know it's uh, it's like a little bit like Groundhog Day it is uh-huh. like the same thing <laughs> and <laughs> You know, and thankfully, you know, we live in a time when we can still host, hold, hold meetings and trainings yes. via Zoom or what have you. Uh, so we can at least continue somewhat normal operations. But I think I speak for you and for pretty much everybody out there. We'd like to just have a normal event. Yes. <laughs> So, Something that's halfway normal that has right. started back up is the legislative session. Yeah, that is going. It's a big piece of what the league does is uh, advocacy for city governments and our membership. And uh, so that is going on now. And one thing we always tell our, our members is to follow what's going on at the Capitol with our legislative link, which is a, an e-newsletter e- that goes out every Friday. And that kind of updates on all the legislation that's been proposed or passed that affects city government in some fashion. So mm-hmm. definitely check out that. And you can sign up for that via our website, along with League Weekly, which is our e-newsletter. It goes out on Tuesdays, which is more of kind of a general information newsletter uh, with the updates on things important to city governments, trainings and workshops that they can participate in, grant funding, all sorts of stuff. So uh, for anybody that hasn't signed up for those, we certainly encourage you to do so. 
Yes, those are both great resources. Indeed. So what's going on on the square today? Well, this month we will be speaking with our IMWCA safety and risk improvement team. Now that is a new label. It's going to take me a while. Mm -hmm. I had to like slow down and say that properly because we used to call these guys and gals loss control. But uh, this is a, a change. One of the reasons we wanted to bring them on the square is talk about the change in the uh, the name of their department is safety and risk improvement. Mm -hmm. So we're lucky to have uh, Dean Shady, Stacy Griffin, and Scott Smith joining the square. Uh, although I will say right now for the listeners that Stacy um, is not with us yet. We're recording on one of Iowa's classic wintry days. We're, we're seeing a whole bunch of snowfall out there, and Stacy might be tied up with some of that. So hopefully she's able to join us. But we did want to at least announce her. Uh, that she is, uh, of course, a part of our safety and risk improvement team. But Dean and Scott, I believe you're on with us. Can you at least uh, say hi to confirm that? Yeah. We haven't lost I'm... you to this blizzard just yet. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Hi, Mickey, baby. Hello. Well, welcome. Good, Thank to, you for good to talk to you. <laughs> you All too. right. Can you gentlemen let us know what you do for cities and counties and other local governments that um, you serve? What is yeah. it? Yep. Uh, basically, uh, the uh, safety and risk improvement, we're there to work with our members uh, to help them identify areas where they can improve the safety for their employees. As we say a lot, you know, our goal is to help our members send their employees home safe at night at the end, you know, of their shift. And, um, you know, if we, if we do that, everything else takes care of itself. Um, occasionally, you know, a lot of people want to talk about OSHA things. Um, we help a little with that, um, but we're not as, uh, focused on the compliance aspect. Uh, what we're really focused on is helping our members develop a, sus a sustainable safety culture, um, that, um, will be there long after the compliance issues change. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and right. this, this goes to the heart of, of what IMWCA is, and I think why we've been successful over the years is, we're, you know, we're much more oriented on the, the human aspect uh, of the services uh, that are provided, whether it's somebody who's been injured and we're trying to get them better as fast as we can uh, and as fully as we can. Do things like uh, the, the safety programs, uh, the way we can help them reduce the risk uh, that they uh, have exposures for. Yeah, that's a, a great description. And, and um, I would say to all of our listeners, that it's just absolutely critical to what we do with our workers' compensation uh, efforts because the idea, as you two can attest, is really to prevent, if you can, uh, injuries and illness and things like that. That's that's the main idea. Um, because as you guys always say, the, we want everybody to go home. Everybody to go home safely mm -hmm. at the end of the day. Um, so one thing that I've kind of alluded to in the lead up to this is that you all were formerly called Loss Control. So just as a fun story, I suppose, what was behind the name change to your department? Well, loss control, when you first hear that, the connotation is that either you're there purely for the company 
to improve their profits or um, you've been shoplifting and we're going to take in the back room. And, <laughs> you know, we are neither one of those. Um, you know, again, we uh, are more focused on safety and, you know, I'll let Scott as a former member of the pool talk a little bit more about that, uh, you know, how it was perceived. Yeah, I can remember even with my interview uh, for this position that you know, I was asked, you know, what suggestions do you have for IMWCA? And I said, uh, I suggested the, a title change. Um, didn't know quite what that would be, but I said, you know, most of us sitting on on the member side of, of the table, we don't grasp what loss control means, what's its goal. And so I think now with this name change, uh, it's very clear what it is we're trying to help them with. Um, and then even to the point of advisors, you know, stressing that you know, we're in this together, uh, you know, we're partners um, helping them uh, become better at at employee safety and risk management. Um, so I, that was a big issue. I, you know, I used to joke with my, my colleagues at my former employer, you know, they, they, they would joke about the, the shoplifting. It's just like, didn't you work at Kmart for several years? You ought to know this. Um, you know, so it was like, they, they knew enough to, you know, make jokes about it, but they didn't know enough to really understand what it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, 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 think it does better represent what you all do um you know because the main the name of the game for you is to improve what the city is doing from a safety and, and risk management perspective and i think a lot of the members um just you know they need they need updates they need help they need some guidance i think they all have the same motivation and concern but they don't maybe have the tools or the knowledge of, of how to implement that um, which is, you know, a big reason why you guys exist and why we do it. So it's great to have that. Um, you know, we spoke a little bit earlier today. Why, as we're recording this, the snow is starting to fall pretty heavily, <laughs> and uh, it's winter. Down now. Yeah, it's definitely winter is in full swing. Uh, so that always presents uh, challenges for local governments in Iowa. Uh, so you guys have been around for a while. What are some of the most common issues you see with the hazards that come from working in the Midwest during the winter months? Well, basically, uh, th there's three of our larger areas are slips and falls, uh, vehicle uh, accidents, and uh, strains for various reasons. Um, falls is definitely our number one area when it comes to frequency and loss in the winter. And Scott has a really good uh, program that last winter, uh, we reviewed, and I'll let Scott talk about that. Yeah, so there was a safety consortium up in uh, northwest Iowa called SHIELD. There's a number of, of cities and, and county members. And they really wanted to, to take this on about, can we lessen the number of slip strips and falls related to winter conditions? Uh, they applied for a grant from IMWCA, and, and we were able to, to help fund their, uh, their program. And what they did is uh, they supplied the employees with uh, traction aids that they could put on their shoes um, that were very comfortable and easy to use. 
They did a lot of upfront training. Um, they've uh, modified policies that, you know, this is considered personal protective equipment. And uh, while we were hopeful for, for you know, positive results from that study, uh, it actually exceeded what, what we and they had hoped for in that at the end of the, the season, they've had um, no lost time indemnity claims associated with winter-related slips, trips, and falls. Um, they did have some members that, that don't belong to IMWCA, so they were a built-in control group. And uh, they, they had their typical number of slip strips and falls. Um, so we were very pleased uh, to see and we, you know, it's one step that's easy to take uh, as any employer in Iowa um, to help uh, keep their people safe during, during our lovely winters. Yeah, in addition to slip and falls, um, you know, I mentioned vehicle accidents. Obviously this time of year, we have a lot of uh, plow drivers out and uh, you know if, if anybody's ever operated a plow in this kind of weather you know it's really a tough job mm-hmm. um, when it's blowing out your visibility is poor especially as you're bucking snow um, you got people that you know they're not paying attention um, so we have plows that are uh, you know getting hit um, we have our, our patrol vehicles out with the sheriffs and the, and the police uh, responding to calls, ambulances are out. Um, and then we you know just have people like uh, public health that has to go out and care for clients. And it is a situation where you really need to understand winter driving uh, you cannot be distracted. Uh, always wear your seat belts. Um, too often we see people that are involved in incidents not wearing seat belts and um, makes the claim from maybe being a minor uh, incident into a severe injury. Um, so this type of time of year, if you haven't done uh, winter defensive driving, I would really recommend uh doing it now it's never too late uh because we you know we have a couple months left of this mm-hmm. oh yeah and um, <laughs> yeah unfortunately and then finally uh strains um we have a lot of people with snow they're out there um whether it's shoveling or uh, pushing a snow blower mm-hmm. uh, we have people that are putting plows or repairing plows um, so a lot of people that are doing a lot of strenuous work related to snow, um, you know, be cognizant of what your limits are. If you need help, get help, take breaks, uh, because sometimes, particularly when you're blowing snow or shoveling snow and you want to get the job done, but when you start feeling that you're tired and tight, that's when these incidents and injuries start taking place. So um, it's really important, uh, you know, take your time and just be aware. Great guidance, great mm-hmm. guidance. And yeah, I think that's, that's always a big piece to this is um, be, be cognizant of your own surroundings, be cognizant of your, what your body feels like. I think it's natural for a lot of people to show, oh, I'm fine, I'll push through it. And that's what leads to, to trouble. 
So lastly, a little bit lighter note, uh, we'd love to hear some some of your guys' winter travel stories. Um, I don't know if all of our listeners know they may. Some of them certainly know that you guys from, from visits. But a lot of times the uh, safety and risk improvement team is out on the road. That's what you, you all do. And you go out to our uh, member cities and counties and, uh, and you meet with them and you're on site looking at different things. Um, so you're on the road quite a bit. So uh, some of your winter travel stories that uh, you could share, some of those, uh, which I'm sure is uh, it's kind of challenging this time of year to, to be out and about. Yeah, Scott, you want to go ahead and start? Yeah, yeah so um, I, I've been with the uh, pool a couple years, and I was driving on a two-lane state highway, uh, kind of like about um, weather is today, was getting ready to, to you know, come in with snow and and it came in faster. Uh, I was getting close to home. And I'm on this highway. It's blowing snow. Everybody's kind of going along fairly slow. And lo and behold, I realize in front of me is one of those extra heavy duty protected tankers with some kind of uh, cyanide on it because I can read the the placard. And I look behind me and there's there's like a large over the road uh, fuel tanker behind me. And I suddenly realized if if something went wrong, <laughs> it was not going to be pretty. <laughs> yeah. okay. I, I, it was really I, I was setting up for a fail point there. Um, so as soon as I could, I, I left the road. I, I pulled into a gravel <laughs> gravel county road, and just sat there for a few minutes. Let them get way ahead of me. So. Uh, that that one got my my heart level going a little bit. Dean, I know you you've been on the road a lot longer than I have. Uh, you've got some good stories as well. Yeah, probably the most exciting one is uh, several years ago, I was coming back uh, from a city in eastern Iowa on uh, I-80, and when I left, it's about a two-hour drive. And uh, when I left that city, it was uh, nice and sunny, but it, it was pretty cold, um, probably about 27, 28. And uh, as I'm driving along, got about 40 miles, and uh, all of a sudden, it, it was a real freak where a uh, situation where the sky got really dark hmm. and it was raining when it was that cold. And it was almost as uh, as the rain hit, it instantaneously froze. Wow. And all the vehicles were going normal speed, and then they would hit that. And there was one uh, vehicle, small car, that all of a sudden went to the middle of the uh, two lanes. And this was uh, going under an underpass. And just as this car was slowing down, there was a, a semi and it was trying to brake to not hit this vehicle. And it was going back and forth. And all of a sudden the trailer started to uh, turn and it was covering both of the lanes. And it must have hit a dry patch or something. And all of a sudden the trailer turned over. Oh boy. And it was going down both lanes of the interstate. And as it was doing it, it had a shower of spark shooting up. And I and a couple other vehicles, you know, we were probably a hundred yards away 
um, braking, and it was so slick. And as we were braking, you know, our worry, even at that distance, um, was are we going to hit this uh, trailer? And would anybody behind us be hitting us even if we managed to stop? Mm -hmm. Thankfully, um, just as before the trailer came to a rest, it cleared one of the lanes and allowed us to go around and avoid any further incident. So um, that's why just being aware of what's going on and, you know, even when you check the weather and it's clear, things can happen on those long trips and you just got to take your time. And, um, you know, a lot of it is, uh, you know, not panicking and, mm-hmm. and uh, being patient. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, that is... that is a crazy story. <laughs> that doesn't sound fun at all. Oh, goodness. We, we could go on for hours, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I'll bet. yeah. And Stacy, yeah, how did you hop on? I, I've actually had a park for four hours on a gravel road waiting for the snow plows. Again, because of ice, it was clear. You mm-hmm. get to a certain point, weather changes. Um, you know, and obviously weather forecasters aren't always accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and you hit something that you thought, oh, this is supposed to be clear. And hey, rather than try to, uh, you know, go ahead, I just pulled over at a gravel road intersection and waited for four hours wow. um, till they were out to uh, salt and sand. Mm-hmm. You know, I had the opportunity to ride in a plow truck this year. And it is no joke. Like, I held on for dear life. (laughs) (laughs) I am like, I have a whole new respect for plow drivers. Yeah. That is rough. Yeah. Yeah, They they have a tough job. And same thing with the folks, you know, they got to go out and put up electrical lines and, Mm -hmm. you know, ambulance. I mean, anybody that has to drive in the winter be out. You know, I don't think the public really, really appreciates how tough their job is that time of year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or do a water main break, uh, you know, when it's yeah. down below. And it looks like uh, we got Stacy on the line. Thanks for joining. Thank you guys for having me. So I haven't been with IMWCA as long as my counterparts, Dean and Scott. Um, but for those of you that don't know, I worked. EMS prior to coming to IMWCA. So mine relates back to that. But I remember on Christmas Eve, um, riding in the back of the ambulance um, with a patient and my driver, um, it was essentially a whiteout blizzard. And my driver um, told me that the best invention that was ever done was the rumble strips on the the middle of the road and the edge of the road, because that was the only way we knew where we were, was feeling those rumble strips on the inside or outside of those tires. So um, all those, all those winter driving stories, um, th- there's always those options of our membership that doesn't get the option to stay home and be safe. Yeah, yeah. That's something I think sometimes people overlook with uh, all sorts of governmental, uh, governmental folks and, and agencies, whether it's the federal, state, local, um, service demands do not stop. <laughs> you, mm-hmm. There's always going to be pressure to continue to provide these essential services. So no matter what it is, a tornado, uh, uh, a derecho, um, a blizzard, 
uh, things don't stop in, in local government. So thankfully we have uh, very dedicated people and we have folks like you guys to help them get the job done in a safe manner. So let's uh, thank Dean and Stacy and Scott for joining us. We appreciate you coming on the square. We appreciate everything you do for INWCA and our members. Uh, you're all excellent at what you, what you do for uh, our world. And uh, again, thank you for your time and uh, safe driving, safe uh, work out yes. there. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for Thank having you. us. Thank you. All right. Take care, everybody. All right. For our next guest speaker, we are very excited to welcome Jim Holtz to the square. Jim is a longtime friend of the league, and we have seen him at so many workshops and our annual conference for so many years. And I know many of you know him. Welcome to the square, Jim. Thanks. Yes. Can you start by telling our listeners what MSA does and what is your role with them? Sure. Uh, MSA Professional Services is a full-service engineering and planning consultant. Uh, for your members, uh, we're primarily what I would call a municipal consultant. We, we do pretty much everything that a, um, a city could, could need other than legal advice. Um, we and, and we're asked for that all the time, but, but uh, <laughs> we, um, you know, we like to be that point of contact that uh, communities, you know, look to for answers, whether we provide the service or not, we've seen it um, you know, because we work in so many communities across the state and across the upper Midwest. Um, we've probably seen the issue that, that uh, whatever community is calling us has has dealt with. And we may not have the answer, but we might know the people that do. Yeah. And so that's what my role is really, is identifying what a community's needs are and helping them figure out a, a process to address those needs, whether it be funding or planning, uh, engineering, whatever, you name it, um, you know, I try and put the resources and the community together uh, to help that uh, come to fruition. And I, I have a planning background. I'm, I'm AICP certified, so I still do some of that, uh, help out a lot with public engagement on, on a variety of our projects. And I do still do some grant writing and grant administration. Um, but primarily, I'm I'm meeting with with folks across the state, figuring out what their needs are, whether they know them or not, and and identifying um, how they can address those needs. Very cool. You're like yeah. the jack, jack of all trades, <laughs> and a master of none. <laughs> <laughs> and my, say, oh, go ahead, Katie. My follow-up question, which I feel like you guys get a lot: What does MSA stand for? You know, we do get that all the I time. I feel like every time I see you, someone is asking you that. <laughs> yeah. So we started out as Mid-State Associates because our headquarters are actually in Baraboo, Wisconsin, uh, which is kind of in the middle of the state. And all of our clients knew us as MSA. And as we grew into other states, it just didn't seem to make sense. And we provided a lot of different services. And so we came up with MSA Professional Services. Yes. It's very cool. When you're when you're talking about that, I was thinking about how often um, 
you got you probably in particular, but MSA gets called for just all sorts of things. A lot of times, of course, you think of engineering firms and the folks that work in engineering. All, all you're doing is project design and uh, plans, specifications. But I think you would probably attest to that you often just get called to kind of be a consultant on all sorts of local government issues. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and I'll I'll get called just to deal with conflict amongst a, a council, which you know never happens, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> right? And, and just that that type of thing. And a lot of times, you know, I know a lot of the clerks, and uh, they'll just call to kind of vent <laughs> sometimes. Oh, yeah. and, and and that's what I'm here for. It's like when they need something, uh, that's that's when I want to be called. Absolutely. So you can add mediator and counselor to the resume also of things yeah, you do. Just not licensed. Yeah. <laughs> just not licensed. Those yeah. are the best ones. Right. <laughs> yeah, we get some of that here at the league as well. And that's what we always say we're happy to do it. It's it's part of uh, part of running a city government. Um, you know, you're going to have some people with different viewpoints. And sometimes that leads to conflict. And they need to have some, some help, which is usually from mm-hmm. the person that's not in the community because you want to just have kind of a – impartial person to just say, Hey, here's, here's what I see work in other towns. And that's right. You know, and I, and I send them your way quite a bit. So (laughs) vice versa. (laughs) (laughs) It's good to have that partnership with you guys. Um, now something that I guess probably more near and dear to your world in engineering is a question we have about what are one or two of the most important things a city can do when it comes to managing their infrastructure and, and really making sure that everything is working as it should. Yeah, I would say, you know, to know your infrastructure, a lot of communities don't. And so it's really reviewing it on on a routine basis and documenting the de- deficiencies, uh, you know, and that will help align with funding sources uh, when you do have a project, um, you know, to a, a capital improvement plan is, you know, almost imperative for, for communities. And where things are really headed is there the term they're using is asset management it's really managing all of your assets not just you know water and sewer but your street signs and um, even your your computers and whatever technology the city might be using and and what we're seeing is a lot of municipalities even the smallest ones are now being able to afford a GIS system um, to provide that that asset management, and so we've seen a, a real surge in in providing those those types of services. Yeah, I hope I want to reemphasize that for our listeners that mm-hmm. that's something that uh, you cannot do this enough. Planning, 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 and capital improvements plans in, in particular are super helpful. You assess your roads, your water, your sewer, buildings, facilities trails, uh, all sorts of things that are public infrastructure. Uh, and on that point, MSA, along with our, you know, all of our engineering partners, or most of them anyways, I think can, can provide that capital improvements planning assistance, right, Jim? Absolutely. We actually gave a presentation at a small city workshop a couple of years ago on capital improvement planning. And yeah, we, we're, we're actually giving a couple of webinars here in the next two months. Uh, this week, we're doing a, a funding webinar kind of talking about uh, getting ahead of any potential stimulus funding and that sort of thing. And then in February, we're going to be doing one on planning for funding or positioning yourself for it. Um, and so that planning is really the 
the biggest, you know, aspect, you know, people, what, what's funny is that uh, when I first went into planning, my dad said, planning for what? <laughs> Thought I was going to be a wedding planner or something like that. And I'm like, no, no, no. And, and so, no, that's, it's really the key is to have some type of plan. I mean, the funding agencies want to know that they're investing in your community, that, mm-hmm. that you have a plan in place, that it's not just this one project or this one particular piece of equipment that's going to be the end all be all to to the community's ills um that it's part of an overall you know plan to uh to bring bring the infrastructure up to standards and and uh help you grow to your community yeah that's that's such a good point and um that's the other piece to this beyond your own local needs to have a good plan in place just you know it's always good to have that organized but as you look out for funding, which has become almost necessary for city governments. Um, you know, if, if you're, think about your, if you're a grant reviewer, would you uh, send money to a city that doesn't have a good plan? I'm, you know, I'm probably not. You probably want to see somebody that's got a lot of thought and, and effort into it. And you know that you're going to, that grant money is going to be used wisely. That's right. I've, I've reviewed grants actually too. I've been, I sit on the city of Dubuque's housing trust fund and I'm, I'm involved in the Dubuque main street, um, and review the challenge grant applications that, uh, the, uh, locals provide to the main street organization that then say, okay, let's push one of these forward. And so we've, we, I, I help out with that and we, we want to see the planning that, you know, they've got their ducks in a row. Sure. Yeah. So what's it been like these past several months? Um, you know, I don't think things ever really slow down for local governments, no matter what's going on. So you guys stayed pretty busy. Yeah, it's it, you know, it, it was surprising at the beginning, but um, you know, when you think about it, like you said, the water faucet needs to turn on, and the toilet needs to flush, and things need to go away, and um, you know, roads. Even though there was a lot less traffic, they're still there. They're still the means of transportation, and and. Uh, communities still want to grow. I mean, even to keep those water systems and, and the wastewater systems going, they need the the resource, the funding resources to be able to maintain them. And, um, you know, growing is the way to keep those costs down. Right. And so, yeah, we we didn't see any slowdown at all. It, in fact, we were probably busier this year than last year. Wow. That's Incredible. great. Yeah. And that's a big testimony to you guys is the work that you guys do in um, MSA. And Jim is a great guy to know. If you don't know him and you're listening, I'm telling you, he is a good guy to know. Um, call him up and he's a great counselor, it sounds like, as well. You've <laughs> <laughs> been pretty much every part of our state multiple times over these years, right? Oh yeah, it's it's funny. It, you know, my kids when we we would go on vacations, if we when we were traveling across the state, I'd be pointing out projects that we had done, and would even do little detours to show them specific things that it, that I was proud of. You know, that maybe I had gotten grant money uh, to help uh, a community get a project completed, and I'd show that to them just to give them an idea. Plus, you have all the local stories of you know. Uh, largest strawberry, largest oh. frying pan, <laughs> all, all the, all those little cool things about Iowa. That's wonderful. 
Well, Jim, thanks for joining us on the Square. Really appreciate all you do for us at the league, for our members, uh, all the work, and 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 hopefully for a very long time to come. To come, uh, a lot of people rely on you and, and MSA for all sorts of things. So again, we appreciate it. Yeah. No, thank you. I, hopefully, we'll all be together in person in the fall for the conference. Oh, yeah. that is our sincere hope. We're certainly planning on that, and um, you know, I think not just our conference, all sorts of events out there. I think a lot of people would much rather be back together in person so we can do our normal networking and just getting together and getting caught up again. So if with any luck, we'll be there in Coralville in September, and I'm sure we'll see you there. You bet. All right. Yes. Thanks for joining us the square. All right. Thank you, guys. Mickey, MSA is one of our partner programs. It's a great company to know. Jim is a great guy to know. If you don't know him, I encourage you to reach out to him. Um, you can find more information about MSA on our website, along with all of our other partner programs. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they're wonderful partners along with the others. So if you want to get in contact and see what they do, definitely check that out. As Katie said, on our website, we have all the contact information there. Uh, and as we, oh, go ahead. Mickey. We, I know we've said a couple times that today is the day it's like snowing like crazy. Cats and dogs out there. <laughs> it's And so I think you need to go get your kiddos, don't you? Yeah. That's <laughs> the, uh, the, the other part about, uh, you know, that we all have, a lot of us anyways have kids out. You got schools closing. So I know, it's on so days crazy. like today, uh, other things happen. So, yep, we are going to close this one out. We appreciate everybody for joining us on the square. As always, stay up to date with League Weekly, Legislative Link, Twitter, or Facebook. Send in your questions to the square at iowaleague.org. Katie, as always, appreciate you coming on and keeping us in good shape. Yes, you too. You have a good day. You too. Take care, everybody.